The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare bring a little optimism into your life with the bright side a new kind of daily podcast from hello sunshine hosted by me danielle robay and me simone voice Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really kicking it back to the old school. Old school. Oh, God. Is that old school now? I feel like that was well, last year. I feel year. like old school is got to be 10 years or more. What was that you read earlier about how like... Um, wedding what, singer? Wedding singer would have taken place, what, in like 2009? Yeah. Today? If it, if it was the same period of time removed Ugh. from when the movie came out. Right, right. what it was nostalgically reminiscing about. Yeah. It would be a, about a 2009 DJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wedding God. DJ. Weird. Yeah. It's weird to think about being nostalgic for 2009. Oh, or, but I guess I kind of am. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like in some ways, <laughs> those were good years. Anyway, happy Friday. Happy or Friday. Or who knows if it'll be Friday when you listen to this, but I hope that it's Friday in your hearts. Aw. about that? Would that keep that Friday spirit going all week long? Unless you work weekends. <laughs> I used to work weekends. I know, Fridays were a nightmare. Like brunch, we, the brunch. Oh, God. Uh, the... Brunch, what what would you call it? Career, Career. path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
what do you call it when you do a, a, a when you're in the army and you do a tour? Oh, a, a tour, tour, a brunch <laughs> a brunch tour. tour. <laughs> yeah, my years of service yeah. in the trenches. Uh, I did, I think, three tours of brunch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, weekends are not fun. It ain't fun. No, Friday was a Monday. <laughs> Saturday was also a kind of a Monday. Mondays Sunday was like were Wednesday. Still Mondays. And Mondays were still Mondays, yeah. I know. They were like your weekend, but for everyone else it was still Mondays, so it was still Monday. Let's get out of reminiscing about this because it I is know, not right? a place I ever wanted to revisit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you all you brunch workers out I there. Know. Thank you. We salute and tip you. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate that. It's for real. Love a brunch. I love to go to brunch. Would yeah. not like to ever work a brunch again no, <laughs> if please. I can make that happen. That please and thank you. Yes. So, so tell all your friends about the show so we don't have to go <laughs> so back to, to waiting go tables. Back to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please help We us. are relying on your friends, your neighbors, your uncles and aunts to listen to our show. You know the title. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm excited about this episode today. Yeah. Doing something a little different. Yeah, I'm excited too because we are going to dive into our mailbag. That's right. And usually we just do like one or two in an episode, but we have such a backlog. It's true. We talked in the last episode how we've just been getting like boatloads of suggestions Mm -hmm. and messages from people and we love them so much. But sometimes we're recording an episode and we're like, ah, this this episode runs a little long because you know our show. (laughs) Uh, And we don't feel like we have time to read one. So like, Mm -hmm. let's just take a minute here and go through some of these because there's such good stuff. What I love... We get these amazing suggestions from you guys, which is great. Mm-hmm. We get such cool reactions from you about the episodes that are yeah. just like stuff you're pulling out that we never even thought of, mm-hmm. which I love. And then sometimes it sparks a story that you have yourself about someone you knew or a story you experienced or something, you know, from your own life. And like seeing how people are connecting to the show on that personal level is yeah. like, I don't think I ever expected that when we started this. And that's just so cool. No. And it's awesome because it's such a like a perk, I guess, of doing history through the lens of a couple. Yeah. Because you can connect. There's a character right. to connect with. And there's, you know, things about your own life that sure. are reflected no matter what period of time we're in. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's things true. you can go. Well, I, I relate to that. So uh-huh. it's kind of cool to see that. So frequently. Definitely. So we want to take some of those stories and we want to share them with you all because I I don't know about you, but I love, I, I really do love hearing people's stories. I, it may not sound like it on this show, but I am a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I In real life, if you get me in a conversation, I'm going to let you do most of the talking. That is true. Because uh, that's just easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been, I was an actor since I was a kid. I'm very used to having a script in front of me. And when I don't, when someone hasn't written my dialogue already, I don't know what to say. So you do it. <laughs> and, um, well, I'll say if, if you get you, if, if, if you get him on a subject he really likes <laughs> or knows a lot about. Sure. It can be like a train. Right. Like you're just going to let that one happen. <laughs> We're not stopping, <laughs> which I'm the same way. So, uh, yes. You know, <laughs> and that doesn't even have to be a subject you like. It might just be something that just popped be in your head. talking about how I really don't know much about it uh-huh. for about 30 minutes. And, I'll, <laughs> and my memory is shit. So, I will pull out a notepad and I'll jot down things as I think of them. And later I'll be like, uh, remember at this point in the story, I was going to say this. Listen. Hey. The way my brain makes connections is one of the most <laughs> unique things about me. <laughs> it's a beautiful pattern. I wish you could sketch out the way your brain makes connections it makes because no sense. this is incredible work of art. 
<laughs> it's like in Stranger Things, and they have to put together the map of. Oh uh, my God! Yes, of Indiana. Yes, <laughs> or whatever. Absolutely. Of Hawkins, Indiana. You could map out your brain in, like, on the no. walls of the house. <laughs> no one would get that. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited for everybody because we're going to read some really cool stories today. So I say we just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. And just because this is one of my favorite sound effects, I think that it's time for us to take one giant mail call. Mail. Awesome. So our we're going to kick it off with this message from Sheila, who is at Sheila.Herrera on Instagram. And she reached out and said, Hi, guys. Love the show. I was listening to the Deland McCullough episode recently, and I had to share my own story. Oh, let me just jump in. Deland okay. McCullough, just a tearjerker, beautiful, I wonderful would, story. I love that story yeah. so much. You it's like chills up my spine give every him a time. Two-second summary. Well, Deland McCullough is a running backs coach. He had done like a Super Bowl, and he's like a big name in the in the football world. American football. Mm, American football. Yeah. Here, thank you. <laughs> and um, he. Uh, he had been adopted as a child, and when he was 16, he got a coach who was like his mentor, his favorite person in the world, yeah. and that was kind of his father figure, but mm-hmm. he always wanted to know who his real father was, so he finally asked his adopted mother, like, do you have any information? And his dad turned out to be the coach that had been his coach since he was 16 years old, so it was like a wonderful coincidence, insane, Unbelievable. loving, beautiful story. Beautiful story. Just insane. I love it. Spoiler alert if you haven't heard that episode, but go back and listen to it anyway. I know, right? It'll get you. It's You'll, so good. It's just, so good. The way it all plays out is yeah. like, ugh, so wonderful. Yep. So Sheila is going to tell us her story. My mom gave my older sister up for adoption when she was born. Never had contact or knew where she was. But my mom knew the last name of the couple that the daughter had gone to. In high school, I had to take a swimming course for a scouting program that I was involved in. A couple months after the course was completed, my mom was making a copy of the certificate to send in, saw the last name of the lifeguard that taught me the course, froze, looked at me, and told me it was my sister. I knew I had a sister, but didn't know anything else. I didn't see her again until after I graduated and started going to the community college. We ended up in the same math class. I introduced myself to her. We talked for a while. I got to know her. Eventually, my mom met her, and we have been pretty close for almost 15 years now. Oh, and after getting to know her more, we found out that she went to a local high school and was in the marching band. I went to a different school, but was also in marching band. We were at competitions at the same time, competing against each other, and didn't know. Talk about sibling rivalry. Oh, my God. And you didn't even know it was sibling. It was just rivalry. Right? (laughs) Plain old, straight-up rivalry. rivalry. Secret sibling rivalry. Now this is a lot like the Deland story. Do you think she had like, each of them had there was something at that competition that were there mm. inside, they were like, I don't know why this one feels like it fucking matters Personal. more than the other, <laughs> but yeah, there's something I gotta beat that school. I gotta kick their uh, ass. One trombonist yeah, or whatever. Yeah, something I'm down <laughs> I'm looking at her and she's just got something that makes me want to be better than her. 
<laughs> and also, like, connect with her, too. There's right. something there. There's something there. Maybe. Maybe. Sheila will have to tell us. Mm-hmm. If, if you felt that way, Sheila, if you're like, there's this one school, I was like, mm. <laughs> it feels real knew. extra. There's some extra competition there. <laughs> Playing Sousa extra hard. Seriously. <laughs> What's funny about this is that, just like with Deland, his mom, when she gave him up, the adoption agency told her that he would not be staying in the same area, that he oh, was going to yeah. be adopted out in a different city. Right. But he wasn't. He was adopted out right in the same na- in that. the same hometown. So that's so weird to think about. I guess you're like psychologically they're far away, so I won't look. It's not that weird to me that the administration at any facility just didn't well. work as hard as they said they were going <laughs> to. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, we're going to send him real far away and they just yeah. throw a dart at a local map. And they're like, that's good enough. <laughs> Close. It's not the same street. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll send him blocks and blocks away from you. Because <laughs> his mom even talked about maybe being in the same grocery store with his right. adopted mother and right. passing him as a baby and not even knowing it, which must be just a weird Wild. mind space to live in. Right. Where like all the different ways this could have gone <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so that's funny that she was so local. Yeah. Sheila ends by saying, anyway, again, I love the show. My son and I look forward to them every week. That's awesome. Thank you, Sheila. I hope your son is either not too impressionable or a grown man. (laughs) It's like my 25-year-old son loves it. Look, hey, if kids want to listen to this show, I welcome it, you know? Yeah. I was slightly censored when I was growing up in terms of what I watched. I don't know how my parents did it because I just didn't want to. Right. You know, my my friends would watch horror movies or something, and I was just like, eh. Yeah. I never liked horror very much. And I wasn't well, too interested in like sexy stuff yeah. until I was old enough to want to watch it anyway. But Let's like curse fair. words, violence, no problem in yeah. the house. <laughs> R-rated action movie. Let's yeah, put that's it on. true. I remember we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was very young. Oh, wow. It was like a little, just a little too adult, a little too crude. Mm-hmm. Crass. And my parents are like freewheeling hippies they are. you know they just don't like they, they didn't want violence in our childhood which i couldn't appreciated you, like, not have guns we couldn't have we could like i had with guns or i something? had like ninja turtles but they they didn't want us to have the weapons you know and you couldn't have like a nerf like a right 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 which is all you know again i i think that contributed to my imagination and all kinds of my and i don't have a proclivity towards violence mm-hmm. i love violence in movies and video games and stuff it's great but it's not like i'm not looking for it anyway point being we weren't allowed to watch the simpsons and i remember my parents coming to me one day and saying we watched the simpsons last night it was hilarious we should all watch it (laughs) and from the next sunday on every night as a family we sat down and watched the simpsons that's amazing what's funny is the first episode we all sat down and watched together opened with a McBain movie trailer. So it was like the most violent cartoon, (laughs) blood everywhere. And it was so insane. I was like, this is the show you're okay with us watching? All right. But it was a new family tradition. We watched it every week. I mean, that's fun. That mom's going to call me next week and go, that's not what happened. (laughs) But that's what I remember. That's my memory. Yeah, don't trust your memory. Well, I remember we had like like a lot of 
uh, probably like BBC featurettes or something about like real historical figures. Yeah, that sounds right. And I remember like watching some of them and you would learn that like, oh, for example, this one king was killed when they snuck into his room and stuck a hot poker up his ass. Oh. And now no, everyone thought he died of natural causes. <laughs> That's a real story. Yeah. And I, I just they, wonder what you were watching it on. <laughs> I Well, this is what I'm saying. They were like, well, if history is like that and I want you to learn history. Yeah. How can I tell you not to watch this? I mean, basically, even in Lethal Weapon, they're not sticking a poker up someone's butt. (laughs) So it's like, at least they're shooting like civilized people. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't really know what the logic was, to be honest, but I I feel like I've turned out fine. I don't even remember how we got onto this. Hmm. I don't know. This is what it's like in conversations with me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much, Sheila, for sending us that message. Yes. Uh, that one put uh, a big smile on my face. That's really cool sure. to hear. That's a cool yeah. Story. So our next one comes from Katie Kemble, Katie.Kemble on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie says, Hello, I wanted to reach out and tell you how much my fiance and I love your show. Thank you, Katie and Katie's fiance. Um, or maybe maybe spouse now. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we don't uh, know. How yet. long it's been. Um but Katie was talking about how, you know, all these different episodes we have spark these what if conversations between her and her fiance. Like sometimes, like, I imagine an episode comes up and they're like, what if you were a hologram? Mm. You know, then Would what? You still love Would me? you still love me? Well, it's sort of like when we did, um, what, what were their names that were the Lonely Hearts killers? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Would you kill someone for me? Yeah. And I was like, And you were like, Yeah, nah. sure. <laughs> I don't know who. Depends on I think who I said it is. Who? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that I feel like, like that's a reasonable say. answer. Yeah. If I was just like this asshole you never met, who I don't even know, but I just <laughs> feel like they insulted me. Right. <laughs> You're like, well, maybe not. <laughs> no. Um, I can't. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I can't think of an example where I'd say, "All right, okay, I'll do. I'll kill that person." I know. I guess I can't. <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone I would tell you to kill either. Let's just say it's probably a no. Probably a no. <laughs> anyway, so Katie says. We usually listen to different episodes when commuting, and we love to tell each other highlights of episodes after work. That is a very efficient way to listen to a podcast. Highly you know, efficient. That's partnership right mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we don't have time to get through all this content. <laughs> right. Let's make this a team effort. Absolutely. <laughs> Katie says we are especially big fans of the pandemic episodes because <sighs> we met at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, what a weird time to meet. I know. She says we were actually friends in middle school and hadn't seen each other in years. We had just both graduated high school and we had plans to go to colleges hundreds of miles apart. But because of the pandemic, decided to stay in town and take a gap year. Mm. I'd already put in my notice at work and it was actually one of my last days there when Jacob came into the store and we reconnected. It's crazy to think something like a pandemic brought us together when we would have been living in separate states otherwise. That's so wild. How nice. You know, silver linings and all that. You you just got to find something really good came out of this. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you, Katie and Jacob. The rest of us had a tough time. A lot of people got divorced. (laughs) What is this, Twitter? (laughs) You got to rain on her parade. I know. No, no, this is so awesome. I love that for you both. Um, So cool. It really is. I mean, you know, causality. Right. Always go back and say, well, this thing happened because of that thing. And it's just like, and butterfly effect too, right? Mm-hmm. If we'd gone back in time and tweaked one thing, right? maybe you never would have met. Um, well, and I wonder if, if they had gone to colleges separately, 
would they have met other people or would they have come back home and reconnected anyway? And just That's... like the same thing would have happened, but like four years from now. You know, that is That's a longstanding kind of can... question in romance, right? Mm-hmm. You can it... really you can really burn your brain on yeah. that kind of question. <laughs> <laughs> is it destiny, deter- predeterminism? Right. Free will. Um, free will. Nature or is it love? Is it just or, or is it just that draw? Just like, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, we we have free will to choose where we go and who we meet and who we fall in love with to some degree. But I, I'm just drawn back home for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's something there that matters to me. Yeah. Who knows? We can't we can't tell without a time machine. You just got to pick your belief true. and go with it. Sad but true. <laughs> but I'm so glad that this worked out for you two. Right. Um, and that you're that is so awesome. Happily um, engaged, maybe married now. I don't know. Let us know, Katie, if, uh, uh, if yeah, the we wedding's happened or, <laughs> or what's going on. But I hope I hope everything's going well for you all. Thanks for reaching out again. Yeah, it's nice to think about a pandemic bringing someone together instead of keeping them apart. Yeah. Okay, well, here's another quick one. This is from Saxon, who is Welt Wanderung on Instagram. Okay. And they gave us some really great suggestions, which we will save for when we actually do the episode. Right. But they followed up with, I shared your episode on Oscar Wilde with my law school class, and we wound up using it as a reference for our class discussion. What? Awesome. <laughs> that is both awesome and terrifying. I know. Now I'm like, oh, I should listen to it again, make sure all the information <laughs> is good. <laughs> Students basing their education on us? Our voices are too powerful. <laughs> yes. Someone take us down a peg, please. <laughs> Someone tell me you told one of our stories to your teachers and they laughed like, at you. So wrong. So wrong. <laughs> no, that's so awesome. I think that's I feel rad. it's giving me a very uh, big ego right now. Right? Someone used our episode as a reference. In a so. law school Pretty class. Uh, Saxon went on to say, you guys asked in your Stork Derby episode if it really was a thing that lawyers just sit around on a Friday night talking about law cases for fun. I can confirm this is, in fact, what lawyers do for fun. (laughs) I'm a third year law student and I regularly read about law cases both for school and fun. We're all a bunch of nerds. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am happy to know that. Confirmed. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Saxon, for writing in and, and telling us the truth about uh, lawyers' Friday nights. Right. <laughs> I did say, I was like, I guess we're all nerds about the things we love. Yeah, exactly. So it would be nerdy of us to sit around and talk about podcasts on a Friday night, but we certainly do it. Well, I don't know if we talk about podcasts. Well, we talk but, about our podcast. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's never off. But we do talk about our um, theater performance. Yeah, the things we've invested ourselves into, for sure. For sure. What else are you going to talk about? It'd be weird (laughs) if we sat around talking about law cases. That would be weirder. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have no reason to talk about this or knowledge, but I just felt like bringing it up. (laughs) Hey, Diana, Mm -hmm. you ever heard of Jordan v. Massachusetts? I can't say that I have. Well, I'm going to talk about it for the next 20 minutes. Just made that one up. If Jordan v. Massachusetts is a real thing, Saxon, please let me know what I'm talking about. Jordan went up against the entire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we should just take a quick break. We'll come back with a couple more fun messages right after this. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it. And I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the mailbag, everybody. Okay, this one comes from Germanica on Instagram. And she says, hello, Eli and Diana. I love to hear your podcast that leaves me in a great mood while I walk the dog in the morning. That's the perfect time to listen to this podcast. Um, She says, the biggest problem is I don't have enough episodes for my daily walks. Maybe you should do a daily podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She at least laughs after saying that. I know, right? I was like, I just broke out into a sweat. I guess if we just had to turn on the mic and be like, hey, guys, we're just going to shoot the shit for 15 minutes, then I would do that. Yeah, that's true. But then we wouldn't have cool stories to tell. Then we wouldn't have cool stories. We would get very boring very quickly because I I think we bore each other with our non-stories all the time. So boring. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, Germanicus says, seriously, guys, great podcast. Thank you very much. I'm a Portuguese living in Jakarta and about to move to Singapore again. Maybe you can add Singapore to your places to visit. Maybe we can. Um, already done. Yeah. Consider <laughs> it on the list. On the list. Um, she also suggested that we look into Iniesta Castro and Pedro of Portugal, which we did last week. Right. So I know that we had said my mom mm-hmm. had suggested that story to us, but Germanica also suggested that story to us yes. separately. So thank you for throwing that idea out. So I hope that I hope we did them right uh, in your ears, right. in Portuguese ears. Right. She, she like... was saying it's a, just a really well-known story in her country, right. which, as we said, it's like they're Romeo and Juliet. Right. So um, hopefully, yeah, I hope, hope, uh, hope right. that's for a, for a real live Portuguese person hearing yes. it from a couple of Americans. I hope we did it justice. <laughs> we do our best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us what you thought of it. Yeah, please reach back out. And thank you for messaging us again with that. Uh, yes, I hope you're talking to your dog. I hope you're walking your dog right now. Yes. And then you can lean down and pet him for us. Yeah, give him a little scratch. That's really all I care about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got this email from someone, and it's a really wonderful personal mm-hmm. story. And yeah. so they asked us to keep their name out of it. Yep, um, right. So we're just going to call her H. Thanks, H. Thanks, H. And it, like made me cry a little bit because it's just so wonderful. So I'm very excited to share this one with everyone. H says, Hi, Eli and Diana. I'm a new listener to your show. I wanted to reach out to you and let you know how impressed I was with your episode on Lily and Gerda. So she's talking about our Lily Elb and Gerda Wegener uh, two-parter where um, we were talking about the first woman to get a gender confirmation surgery in 1931, Lily Elb. H says... I wasn't familiar with their story before I listened to it, but Lily's story really resonated with me. I dated someone from high school through my first year of college. I am a cis woman. And when we were together, she identified as a boy named Jamie, not their real name. And we were so in love and had so much in common. I thought we would be together forever. When Jamie went to college, she began taking a class on gender and sexuality. She came home to see me one weekend, just dying to tell me this secret that she thought would destroy our relationship. I begged her all night to tell me. I did my best to reassure her that I would be there to love and support her. All kinds of terrible things are running through my mind. Like, was she a murderer? Was she an alien from another planet? (laughs) (laughs) That's so tough when someone tells you, like, 
I have something to tell you that's Serious. going to change your opinion of me. Yeah. But I don't want to tell you. And then you're just left hanging like, uh. There's so many options there. <laughs> or what could change my opinion of you? Are you, are you D.B. Cooper? Oh, shit. You know, did, uh, that this... didn't cross my mind as an option. <laughs> that's the first place my mind went. <laughs> Next oh time, I'm going to tease uh, I'm gonna tease a conversation with you so you think I'm D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I would have a lot of questions if you were D.B. Cooper. <laughs> first of all, ain't no way you're jumping out of a plane. No, you're so <gasps> right. Or maybe that's why you'll never jump out of a plane, because you did once and it didn't go so well. Or hot. it's like good cover for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, I'd never jump out of right, a plane. Right. Also, I'd be like, where's the money? <laughs> Can we talk about where the money is, please? Um, uh, listen, there's nothing like putting your assets on ice, okay? <laughs> hey. <laughs> she says, finally, she blurted it out, I'm a cross-dresser. Oh. I breathed out a sigh of relief. That's sure. it. She says, I hugged her tight. We sat and talked for hours about how she came to this conclusion and what this meant. And honestly, I wasn't worried at all. I looked at my boyfriend with curly brown hair and warm eyes. Nothing had changed for me. I guess I had noticed that he liked to dress up in women's clothing as a joke and had once begged me to let him try on my prom dress. It was nothing we couldn't work through. Mm. Time passed, and Jamie continued to learn more about herself. She grew her hair long and tied it back in a ponytail. She bought skinny jeans, button-down shirts, and slim sports jackets. She would wear women's clothing in private. She wanted to try going out but was terrified of what would happen or how people might react. I tried to be as supportive and understanding as I could, although as a 17-year-old in 2009, I felt very out of my depth. Sure, sure. Man, I can't even imagine the dumb shit I would have said as a 17-year-old in oh, 2009. Yeah. Like, there's no way I would have done that well, Well, let's be fair. You were not a 17-year-old in 2009. <laughs> but if I had been in this scenario... <laughs> I don't, Well, both when I was 17 and even in the year 2009, mm -hmm. when I was older than that... Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I didn't have the information, the education that I have now about no, how true. to have responded to that. I think I would have been cool, I like to think. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah. I would I, also I, like to think that, I've yeah. I've definitely learned a lot since then. We all. Yeah. All, all have. Haven't we all? Sure. Absolutely. H says, from time to time, we would have honest conversations about how we felt about Jamie's changes and how we felt about our relationship. For a while, we pretended that it changed nothing. Mm. We still assumed that Jamie would propose to me when she graduated college and that we would marry when I graduated college. We would eventually purchase her family home and have children. I found myself beginning to wonder how I would explain Jamie to our future children. Our future wasn't nearly as cut and dried as it used to be, and I felt selfish and ashamed of how much that scared me. Right. During many of our conversations, Jamie would swear to me that she would never transition, that although she felt her gender was fluid, she would not identify as a woman. She did not think of herself as a gay or bisexual man and was not attracted to men in any way. I know there are many things I did not do right during the course of our relationship, but even as a teenager, I knew not to let Jamie make this promise. You're still learning what this means for you, I would say. We both are. Let's just take it one day at a time. Mm. After I went to college, Jamie and I inevitably drifted apart. We broke up during Thanksgiving break of my freshman year, and we didn't speak much after that. Jamie went on to become a computer engineering wizard and eventually moved to NYC. She eventually came out as a trans woman. Since then, I have been cheering her on from afar, but was afraid to reach out. As time passed, I felt as if my wonderful experience of first love was invalidated because my boyfriend decided to identify as a woman. 
Sometimes I felt that Jamie had tried to steal my role as a woman, whatever the hell that means, and it made me feel ashamed for being so selfish. I would look back on pictures and memories and wonder if any of it was real. Your episode on Lily and Gerda was such a godsend because it helped me see that my relationship with Jamie was real and loving just like theirs. Like Gerda, I wanted Jamie to be happy, even if that meant eventually losing her. We didn't handle everything perfectly, but we did our best and treated each other with love, respect, and kindness until the end. I'm sorry this email is so long, but I wanted to let you know that I felt you two were speaking directly to me and it made me feel like my experience mattered. Thank you again for your wonderful podcast. Sincerely, H. Well, don't apologize, H. That was a well-written and really powerful email. I'm I'm really glad we got that. I think this is such a really important conversation to have as people are getting more in touch and being more real Uh about who they are Uh and their gender expression. Yeah. And I think there are several relationships that are like Lily and Gerda's where there's a lot of love. Yeah. But at some point you're going, you're not the same person. Right. And that does change to an extent, doesn't it? Your attraction, your desire, your companionship. I mean, everything would change somewhat. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I think it just depends on the person and the couple. And some people are very like there's nothing wrong with being uh, with knowing the rigidity of your sexuality. Right. Right. I when we got together, we were a heteronormative couple and that's what I need. Like, you know, and if you're someone, if you are transitioning, if you discover this about yourself, I still love and support you. I feel that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, if I, I was in a relationship with a woman mm-hmm. who transitioned mm-hmm. and was actually a man, you know, I would say, well, I'm not, I don't have romantic attractions to men. Right. I think. I don't know. Right. How can I know? And that's the kind of thing you just have to feel out on an individual level. It must be, yeah. Because I've definitely seen ones, too, where there's transitions and they stay together and it's no problem and everything's fine. So absolutely, I think it can happen either way. But it feels like kind of a, I don't know, an experience that must feel very lonely because it's hard to talk about and not feel, like she says, she feels really bad for all her feelings about it because some of them feel like they're coming from maybe a transphobic place or like a place of not understanding and you're like, I don't want to be that person. No. Of course I don't. But that's that's coming up for me. What do I do with that? Who do I talk to? There's no one to say this to. And I don't I feel like a bad person. That's just all I've got. Yeah. So that's a that's a sad thing. I think, too, when we talked about Lily and Gerda, mm-hmm. you know, we even talked about a little bit how Lily was very strict about gender roles. Lily herself was like, I need to pass as a woman or I'm not a woman. I need to have women's reproductive organs or I'm not a woman. And women don't marry women. Women are not with women. That's not a thing that happens. So I have to find a man. A long time ago. Right. It was the 30s. Right. There's still a lot of gay stuff going on. (laughs) Well, no, definitely. But in terms of just like what support system would she have had Mm -hmm. to try and explore a different lifestyle? Right. You know? Yeah. And I don't know if Gerda felt the same way about like, well, you're a woman now and I'm not attracted to women that way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you're my sister and, and we just have a different relationship than mm-hmm. we did. Or if Gerda was even in her mind going, oh, I thought we were good, but you feel like that's not what a woman does. So right. we can't be together anymore. Right. So that might have been some heartache as well of like your idea about what a woman is, is so rigid. Yeah. And what a woman does is so rigid that you can't be as free with your new gender expression 
Mm. And as well as you couldn't be free with your old gender expression either because you were having this dysmorphia going on. It's, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's sort of the extra tragedy to me about Lily's story is that extra layer of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I have to dress this way, I have to act this way, I have to be this type of right. presentation right, to the world. Right. It's tough. Um, and of course, we can only speak to it Right. As cis people, you know, outside looking in right. and from what we've read and learned and, and listened and heard. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so I can't know what that experience is like, but I can know that it's easy to uh, to validate that experience and support it. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. Gender's super fluid. And a lot a lot of the times what I imagine is the idea is just like, well, because gender is a construct, right? It's what a woman is. Mm -hmm. We made that up, mm -hmm. right? Like you wear dresses, you have yeah. long hair, you mm -hmm. wear makeup, you wear heels. You know, a lot of it is presentation. Some of it's behavior, but it's all we decided these things, yeah. right? Yeah. And like not consciously, I didn't decide that at any point in my life, but it's the world I was born into and we all kind of social contract style uh, sort of have this idea. And I think it's great that we're like, bending that idea and mm -hmm. kind of breaking it down a little because it's so absurd there's no there's no law there there's no nature when you say like by nature women are this and men are that no they're not <laughs> that's insane no um by nature we're all naked you know so true so it's it's that's silly um and also we it is our own nature to create and advance and change and if and we have a lot of medicine and things that we do to our bodies, either surgically or medicinally, uh, which, hey, that's nature, too. Right. Because we can do that and yeah. we are nature. So mm -hmm. anyway, it's just it's a very clear cut and dry scenario to me that gender is fluid and people are exploring that. And I think that's awesome. And in fucking 20 years, if a bunch of people who you know, our teenagers now grow up and say, oh, you never should have let me done that. <laughs> then we'll have another conversation. But for adults now to be coming in and saying, kids, you can't explore your gender. Fuck off. Like, are you kidding me? Well, some people are now saying that it should be illegal at any age it's, to take it, hormone therapy I, or any any transition type surgery or anything, which is. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Fucking nuts. Yeah. It's outrageous. <laughs> And message me. I will tell you why it's outrageous. <laughs> He'll write you a very long message. <laughs> no, Absolutely. And to the yeah, best of my ability. Honestly, yeah. It's you, the, This podcast, you know what side we're on. <laughs> I don't think we have any fucking energy for that. And I don't mean that. that spitefully. Like, honestly, like if you mm -hmm. are someone who as I, I mean, know. honestly, when I talk about 2009 and when I was 17 years old and these things, mm -hmm. I definitely had different opinions about this kind of stuff than I do now. Right. And I'm glad to have learned because who the fuck doesn't like learning? Who? Why, why the hell would I want to be the same person now that I was at 17 years old? My Ugh. God. God, thank God um, I'm not the same so person. So if you know, if you're genuinely like, I, I want to think differently, but I just can't figure it out, I will totally have that conversation with you. Again, yeah. to the best of my ability. I'm not going to be right about everything, but... Well, yeah, and it, again, it was like a good faith conversation. Yeah. I, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. any like essentialism about what kind of vagina you have. Or right, right, <laughs> like, right, I'm right, just right. not interested in that conversation right. at all. But right. 
But yeah, it's just it's just so interesting to see how many times in human history we've upended gender and women were like, I'm gonna wear pants and football <laughs> players were like, I'm gonna take ballet. And yeah. you know what I mean? And David Bowie's out here wearing dresses right. and people are like, it's sexy. And Prince uh-huh. is sort of non-binary and everyone wanted to fuck him. And like, <laughs> it's just and that that's all about your gender expression. Right. Right. It's like, how, what clothes am I wearing? What do I want you to think of me when right. you look at me? Right. I don't want you to quite be able to put me in a box. Yeah. And so that was sort of the vibe of that, I think. But it was a lot of chafing at constrictions. Right. And we don't like that. Like right. human beings do not like a cage. No, exactly. Even if it's a f- invisible one, uh-huh. we chafe at that and we'll find a way to, to bend that shit, yeah. you know? And, and it's, there's something about identity, too, that like, you know, if, if you're a cis person, of course you can't wrap your head around mm-hmm, that's what true. it's like to be a trans person. Of course you can't. I can't. You can't. And that's fine. You can think of that and go, wow, I certainly could never be uh, decide to be a woman. And like, yeah, that's a not how it works. Right. And B, of course you can't because you're not. But if you've mm-hmm. ever had something about yourself or just a truth that you knew that was just like clawing inside of you to get out, like that's a very difficult life to live and and it could be about any you just find something small and and just blow that up try to try to make it proportionate to what someone might be experiencing Mm -hmm. you know living in what they feel like is not their own body that's right and every day in countless ways people are getting you wrong yes yeah and telling you you're wrong about yourself that they know you better than you do Mm -hmm. come on stop that people just stop it's not hard. It's not going to change your life in the slightest. That's the other thing, too. It will not more than likely no. at all <laughs> affect you. I promise. Thank you again to H for this beautiful email. It was wonderfully written. You were so yeah. honest. You're so vulnerable with us. And I really appreciate that. That yeah. means a lot that that episode touched you so much yeah, and, and spoke to you so much. I think that's a really important experience to highlight. And thank you for sharing it with us. Absolutely. Well, we better take a break. Yeah, good call. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and we will come back with a couple more messages right after these messages. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm just now thinking that we should have given everyone a funny voice. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think historical voices Mm -hmm. are hilarious. Mm -hmm. But our contemporaries will we'll leave them alone. We'll just leave them alone. Okay, fair enough. Imagine that all of these emails have people reading them with just voices so beautiful that we can't replicate them. uh, Beautiful. They're like Shakespearean actors. We are not doing them justice. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we got an email from Rachel. Uh, Subject line, excellent podcast. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Little clue there. A pun in the subject line. This is my kind of email. (laughs) I'm already in, Rachel. (laughs) She says, hello there. I'm a big fan of the show, and I've been listening from the beginning. Yes. Y'all are the cutest, and I adore your banter. Absolute hashtag couple goals. I'm blushing. In the giant dick that changed Chinese history forever episode, <laughs> yes. Diana made a joke about using eggs instead of rice flour for construction because they're so difficult to scrape out of the pan. Yeah. True. I live in Prague, where the most iconic site is probably the Charles Bridge. Sure, yeah. Heard of it. Beautiful. Never been there, but dying to go. Yeah. It has long been believed that eggs were used in the mortar when it was created. What? There is even one village, Velvery, that remains the butt of jokes because it is said that when the king requested eggs be donated for the project, they sent boiled eggs to prevent breakage. (laughs) (laughs) No. That is amazing. (laughs) Oh, you dummy. They're like, no, it's the yolk we wanted, you bastards. (laughs) Velvery. They want us to send eggs? Well, geez, we don't want to send broken eggs. <laughs> They're so delicate. I've got it. I've got a perfect idea. 
Rachel goes on to say, modern testing has shown that there are egg proteins in the 14th century lime mortar, confirming the long-held belief. Yes. Diana was on to something with her suggestion of eggs as a construction material. Look at that. Bam. You're a regular engineer. Yeah, who said I couldn't engineer? Probably a lot of my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idea girl, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Rachel says, I'm including a picture of my pug. Yes. Thank you. If there's ever a pet to be included, please include them. Yes, send a picture of your pets, please. <laughs> but this one at a special point, Rachel says, pugs were originally lap dogs for Chinese royalty. And it's believed Qin Shi Huang destroyed the written records of how they were created. What? Oh. As someone who loves the breed and is a major proponent of rescue, this is probably for the best. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. <laughs> we don't need to make more of these poor She's dogs. Like, they can't even breathe, like, out of their nose, which is Aww. what it's for. They're so cute, though. Looking forward to hearing you cover all the ridiculous romances the world has to offer. <laughs> Rachel and Murphy the Pug. Uh-huh. P.S. I also love all the fringe talk. Oh. Yes! I knew there had to be one of y'all. <laughs> Didn't mind all that. I've been an avid fringe attendant since I was a teen. Oh. As the festival co coincided with my birthday when I lived in the States, I had a tradition of celebrating with a fringe nerdlesque show. What? Nerdlesque is so fun. It's like nerdy burlesque. It's yeah, amazing. It's right there in the name. <laughs> uh, actually, this year when we did Five Fifths of Back to the Future, yeah. one of those burlesque performers created a Doc Brown thinking cap from the 50s. It's that so is cool. So cool. And she was like, I actually already do a Dalek. Uh, burlesque number. What? And now she wants to do like a sexy Doc <laughs> Doc Brown, which yeah, I would love. Absolutely. I just love it. So anyway, look up Nerdlesque if there's one in your yeah. area. It's definitely worth seeing. Uh, Rachel says, Prague's Fringe is in late summer. If you're okay with lots of animals, I'm always happy to host. First of all, I insist on lots of animals. <laughs> absolutely. If I'm not in a puppy pile or a kitty pile, I don't want to go. <laughs> absolutely. No, this is great. This is actually amazing because from listeners, mm -hmm. so far, we're staying with Robert Smith, not from The Cure, in okay. Scotland between <laughs> Glasgow and Edinburgh. We're staying in Munich and getting a beer with Eleni Papadopoulos. Okay. We're going to Singapore to see Germanica, and then we're going to stay in Prague with Rachel and Murphy the Pug. So we already have a world tour going We've here. got to get on this. We need to find some folks in France. Well, we need a couple of London and Ireland. So if you're out there... Let's talk about Canada. Don't forget the, the big write-in letter campaign oh, to okay. iHeartRadio. <laughs> you got to tell them to put us on a world tour. World tour, world they need, tour. I want Miracle on 34th Street, like bags of mail coming in. <laughs> They're just going to dump them out and be like, everyone all over the world is demanding a live world tour of ridiculous romance. <laughs> that's like, what who, we need to happen. Who even writes a letter anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's how passionate they are. Exactly. Pen to paper. All right. This is a really important email we got. From the hobo demon. Oh. <laughs> this one was an email. The hobo demon. And the hobo demon decided to help us out with our Annie Oakley episode mm -hmm. because we talked about the possibility that maybe Annie Oakley died from lead poisoning from mm. all her time around the bullets. Right. right? The bullets. <laughs> well, and of course, there is the idea that uh, sometimes shot could get into food oh, and that okay. could poison you. It was a whole thing. Well, the hobo demon sent us... An incredibly long and detailed description <laughs> of, quote, good news and bad news about the possibility <laughs> that Annie Oakley died of lead poisoning. 
The good news is that the effects of lead poisoning are highly dependent on what kind of lead you're going to be exposed to. In particular, water-soluble lead salts it's such as really a concern for carrion birds such as vultures and condors because they digest things using stronger acids than humans get do, cleaned using a parasitic acid solution mixed from vinegar and hydrogen peroxide. The waste from that is flagration of the fuel-air mixture would be efficiently converted into linear Which brings me to part three of this little essay. We can be somewhat confident that Annie Oakley didn't suffer lead poisoning Exposure to damage a person's capacity to do people in good involves exposure. <laughs> Our understanding of lead poisoning has advanced in the last few decades enough that we consider milder cases of it is low enough now that we could have considered everyone alive during the 1970s to be afflicted. And then to wrap it up, he says, "Sorry that got rambly." <laughs> the summary I'd endorse for 30 seconds or less is. Aerosolized lead from poorly ventilated indoor ranges or cars in the 20th century are more harmful than eating lead, but still don't do it. Annie Oakley probably died of something else. It takes a lot of lead poisoning to be fatal, and there are plenty of ways survivable illnesses can still leave a person destroyed. But nothing we know about Annie Oakley's life suggests that she was suffering more than the average person of her era from lead poisoning. Wow. Well, thank you, Hobo Demon. <laughs> I... Did not expect a college course no. in lead poisoning, but I I learned something in that I email. I did too. I know we we just gave you all the summary, but no, yeah, there was definitely more. Speaking it's of engineers, <laughs> I know, right? I'm getting engineer vibes from the hobo demon. He was like, "I'm gonna be very thorough. Yeah, <laughs> give you everything. Possibly physicist. Oh, true. Possibly physicist. doctor. Doctor. I don't know. Scientist of some kind. Hobo demon's Maybe a just smart an one. IT one. What that, I'm getting like, here. Thank you, Hobo person. Demon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Hobo Demon, for sending that in. <laughs> and now we can say definitively that Annie Oakley did not die of lead poisoning. Yes. You heard it here first. Absolutely. That is our story, and we're sticking to it. Us and Hobo Demon cracked the age-old right. mystery. <laughs> of Annie freaking Oakley's death. All right, and our final message for this mailbag uh -huh. episode. <laughs> is going to be from Jed Zaltz, who reached out through email to say, just a note to let you know I enjoy your podcast very much. Thank you. Some favorites are Frederick Douglass, oh, awesome, Calico Jack, and Maximilian and Carlotta. Thank you, Jed. Mine too, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> you may be interested to know that Paseo de la Reforma was originally Paseo de la Imperatriz to honor Carlotta. This main boulevard was laid out by Maximilian to connect Mexico City Center with their palace at Chapultepec Castle. Awesome. That is really interesting. Yeah. There was, I mean, you know, there was a lot of love for these two, and they did get some uh, some things named after them. I did not know about this uh, Paseo de la Reforma. Mm-hmm. Paseo de la Emperatriz. That's right. Like, it's her paseo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ends with, there are other good history podcasts, but somehow yours is more entertaining. <laughs> Keep up your use of sound effects. Ah, yeah. let's see. Let's see. Told Ain't you that. wrong with the little sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some of my favorite sound effects for you. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Love them all. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> I love that. Those are those are great. Some of my favorite episodes, too, uh, honestly. I know. I'm so glad to hear that someone loved Frederick Douglass because I was yes. so like blown Who away knew? by what I learned about Frederick Douglass. Had no idea. Um, what a so ladies' man. I, I know. A little too much. The ladies. Well, and also it was just <laughs> inspiring to be like, look how many women were yeah. just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Yep. I'm going to do a local little sewing circle with 14 other women. And you know what? We're going to change the freaking world. Yep. It's going to take a few years, but damn it, we're going to do it. 
so, uh, th these are amazing. These messages coming in all the time. Don't stop. More, please, please don't. We love them. Yeah. We will run across the house. I think I've said that before too. To be like, oh, I yeah. got an email. So. Yep. Yep. And um, and this is just a piece of what we have to bring to you. We'll be doing more episodes like these mm -hmm. occasionally. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we love our stories, but we love your stories. <sighs> so so that's so cool when um when you get to add to the show like this with your own your own voice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, everyone. Thank you all for writing in. Even if we didn't get to your message, I promise you that it brought a big smile to our face. Right. And we definitely shared it amongst ourselves. And if we did not respond, we will. Yes. So That's very true. We can't wait to talk to you a little more. So keep them coming. Yeah. Send us your email. Send us your Instagram message, Twitter, mm -hmm. anywhere you want to send us something. Carrier Pigeon. Hire <laughs> at a jet to write sky letters to us. Oh, we'll take it. I would love that. I mean, it would be pretty send cool. Send a raven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at ridicromance at gmail.com. Right, or on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Boom, And I'm at oh great, it's Eli. And the show is at Riddick Romance. That's right. Uh, follow along and send us your beautiful words. Yes. And we can't wait to see you at the next episode. We love you. Thanks for spending your time with us today. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. 
And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.